Welcome to the Andy Gamers Podcast. We are here at Otakon 2018. Oh, I'm gonna fart. I'm gonna fart. I can never uh, do like a professional <laughs> intro for this. Oh god. What did uh, you think was gonna happen when you invited Gerald? Oh god. Why are you shouting? Alright, anyway, I'm done. <laughs> we're here at, at Oticon 2018, and I am uh, joined by a number of podcaster, writer, friend folks. Uh, to my left is a man who is about to fart, or did just fart. Oh, I did. Introduce your damn self. Uh, I'm Gerald, I'm part of the Anime World Order podcast. Uh, I'm Clarissa, I am also part of Anime World Order for some reason, I don't know why. <laughs> I'm Daryl Surratt. I'm the leader of all Anime World Order related things. I am also the uh, patron saint of Otaku USA magazine. And someday soon, once I figure out how websites work, uh, the Anime News Network. Cool. I'm Patrick. I'm the host of the Cockpit Podcast. And I'm Tom. I'm co-host of the Cockpit Podcast. I'm Corey Proft, and I used to do a podcast that nobody cares about anymore. What was it called? The BME Podcast. There you go. <laughs> and uh, I f- always forget to introduce myself, but I'm your host, Evan Minto. Uh, yeah, so it's the it's Sunday of Otakon 2018. We are all <laughs> about to like either get on our flights or go sightseeing in Washington, D.C. What uh, a sight to go see today in yeah. Washington, D.C. <laughs> That's right. Yeah. Yeah. May, may I recommend, you know, the Freedom Plaza or, mm. you know, perhaps if you're... You know, at AME experience, you'd be going west of the Freedom Plaza. <laughs> uh, Daryl is referring, of course, to the fact that uh, concurrent with Otakon is uh, a the Unite the Right rally, yeah. as well the, as the counter-protest. The of white supremacy has fallen over Otakon. Well, That's right. This whole day, I didn't see anyone. I didn't see anybody, anything, So it, it's, Like, the it's first few days, I was like, these there, there are people milling about, you know, that you can sort of look at them and gauge... These people are here for the anime convention, and these people are not here for the anime convention. <laughs> <laughs> but today, the alleged day of the, the march, uh, I mean, not alleged, it's presumably happening. Um, no, every, I only saw nerds. Like, uh, maybe maybe the Nazis get up early. Uh, I think they did get up early, because I've seen a lot of reports about, like, metro stations being shut down and being controlled because of all the stuff with the march. As long as it's not the orange line... That you need, that to, take. need to take. To, <laughs> y'all are, you should be good because y'all can just get on it and go straight through. Yeah. It's that they're not letting people in them, these particular stations down there. I see. So, we didn't actually talk about Otakon yet, but this is the second year that Otakon is in Washington, D.C. Mm-hmm. I think a bunch of us did some some of the guest stuff this year, uh, some some interviews. I think the big the big guest, probably for most of us, is Mr. Creepypasta. Yeah, <laughs> yes. Thank That's you. right. Thank it you, is Daryl. Mr. Creepypasta, who I discovered while at this convention, is just a guy who I guess reads like the creepy pasta posts on YouTube. Yeah, and he's got like there's just one guy. He's for got that? like eight. <laughs> he had like eight fucking panels. This entire is so he the dude wearing the mask, mask yes. all the time? The mask with goggles. Yeah. We saw he had a line like was, an autograph set right next alley. to Shoji Kawamori. Yeah, and the <laughs> whole time his line never went away. It was never yeah, long. Guess but it whose was line was cool. longer? This random YouTuber or Shoji Kawamori, legendary you know anime luminary. So he know. doesn't write it himself. He just reads. He just reads yeah. yeah. in a voice, and he has like a funny. Outfit. That's like the heart of creepypasta. And yeah, you just read weird shit you find. And so. Uh, yeah, I guess uh, Otakon, you know, said they gotta beef up numbers and expand out, and the future is, you know, YouTubers. YouTube celebrities, mm-hmm. yeah, yeah. Uh, but we all went to at least some of the Shoji Komori panels. I feel like he's he's worth talking about, A, just because he's, like, an important, you know, mechanical designer and director, but also because he's... He's like a wild dude. Excuse <laughs> me, his technical panels. title is Visionary, Visionary. Creator. <laughs> And he will be glad to explain to you by way of pre-prepared video presentation what a visionary creator is mm-hmm. and how he is one. I think I Bilingual, missed that. Bilingual, so you don't miss it. So someone, I missed that part of the panel. So someone described to me what a visionary creator it's is. It's basically that he does everything. Right. He's that, not just... He is responsible for all of the feelings that the viewers have. Yes. yes. <laughs> visionary creator is someone who creates stuff that makes the audience feel something. 
He's a feelings engineer. Yes. Yes. <laughs> He's a field engineer. It was, it, it was quite interesting. To, like, normally, you don't usually say to about yourself. Right. You're a visionary. You're a visionary. Yeah. Usually, you That's something that's conferred to you by somebody else. That's a marketing but, term. But, but that is what makes Shoji Kawamori a visionary, is he took... Is he, he, he doesn't live step. by the rules. No. <laughs> He just said, I am a visionary director, and no one has to tell me that. Did he start talking in, about himself in the third person? Too? No. If he did, it wasn't translated If he translated did, it was not uh, you know, rendered by the translation, but... But we did get to see... I, I'm glad I got... People got angry with me last year at our annual... Um, uh, it was our Thanksgiving um, AWO trivia contest, and I had a bit where I would... Where did the concept of the Jerwalk come Jerwalk from? Jerwalk comes from, and, and all of us said one thing, and Gerald said, no, it's this... And this all of us said we never heard him say that before because all the times we ever heard it, we heard it was one story. The story Kamamori told of Otakon each time was Gerald's answer. So all this means is that Kamamori is consistent if he's changed his tune. Right. And I believe it because Ooh. someone sent me an interview from many years ago where it was the other story. Right. Wait, what are the two the stories? Legs okay. The one story. The legs accidentally fell out is the answer that all of us gave. Yes. And the I went skiing <laughs> is the answer that he's giving nowadays. Got it. Where mm. he said, um, you know, him and Miyatake, you know, both went on some ski resort thing and he saw the pose that people make when they're skiing and he said, oh, what if there was a robot like that? Uh, maybe if I just invert the, the way that the knees bend and then, you know, you get Jurok. And then Miyatake had another idea, which was exactly the same thing, only his had four legs, and since Kamori's had two, that's fewer lines to draw, yeah. and therefore his one out. That's the story that he's telling now, anyway. Yeah. And the, I, I feel like some of my listeners might not know what we're talking about. The Jerwalk is the half-humanoid, half-plane mode they don't know of what the Valkyries and Macross. Listen, yeah. these yeah. are the co-hosts of the Cockpit Podcast, <laughs> yeah. a podcast yeah. dedicated 100% uh, it's, to it's talking about Leiji Matsumoto's... Excuse me? <laughs> I, I was saying that the, because it's called the Cockpit, it's a podcast entirely devoted to yeah. the Leiji Matsumoto, the Cockpit. That's correct. Uh, that is. That's true. And especially uh, the second part. So, oh, no. <laughs> so I only caught the part of Shoji Kawamori's panel where he uh, stood up on a table and said the creative process is a little bit like climbing a tree and then he mimed out climbing a tree while on the table yeah. while the translator is, is trying to translate all of this and uh, it, was, it was pretty good he did that at both panels actually <laughs> yeah it's actually a routine like it kind of like you sort of like, like expose the gimmick by him having two panels because for one, on this very helpful Otakon schedule, oh, it boy. just says Shoji Kawamori. That's the title yeah. of the panel. For both panels? No for colon? Both, for both of them. No for colon? Oh, we're no. talk about the fucking <laughs> colon. No colon, no description. No description. When you click, when you like press, yeah, it's like no right. description. Then when you get to the panel, it's like, okay, today I'm talking about, you know, what it takes to, you know, design a concept and whatever, and tune in, come in tomorrow when it's like, I give the history of Macross. Oh, okay, two different presentations. Well, you show up, you sit through one. And you come to the next one, and he gives the exact same presentation as before, only he says, oh, how many of you were here yesterday? Okay, I'll speed through this then. And then, you know, he basically gives the same presentation again, truncated, and then gets into, you know, whatever he's talking yeah, about. Yeah, he were, they were both, like, that entire beginning part the same. is straight from his TED Talk. Yeah. Because uh, he did a TED Talk in Japan, and that's basically what it was. It's all that same stuff at the beginning, and then he has all that new stuff at the end where he was either with the first panel talking more generally about his creative <laughs> process, and then the second panel directly applying that to Macross. <clears throat> I just uh, love the notion of a TED Talk where someone says, Yakta culture. <laughs> he did say that, yeah. <laughs> He saw, that's his autograph when he signs it. He says, Dr. Culture, Shoji Kawamori. He referred yep. to him moving to Yokohama as a child from like a country town as his Yakta Culture moment. Both but times. he also said he was Both three times. years old oh when God. that happened. Yeah, three right. years old. Yeah. How much culture shock did you possibly get? His childhood get? memories of like, oh, it being shock. so much snow that you had to climb in through the top window right. to get into the house. How much house. climbing it's was like, he doing? As, as three years old? I don't know. <laughs> Uh, so what other guest panels do people go to? I went to, like, Tatsuyuki Nagai's and, um, what's his first name? Kanetake Abikawa's. Yeah, I went to both of those, and it, I, it became obvious to me that the approach that they were doing for Japanese guests, for the most part, was a little different, um, compared to the previous years, because they were fully, like, staged. Yeah. Like, mm. 
more yeah. so than you typically think because basically they're just reading from a script or you have one person who is the interviewer reads a question then the interpreter reads a pre-translated translation of that question then the guest gives an answer that he's basically reading off of it which the interpreter then reads a pre-translated one and Honestly, I actually thought this worked, even though mm -hmm. there's a lack of spontaneity to it, just because you got a lot more information. Mm -hmm. The like caliber of question and answer was better because yeah. it wasn't some fan being like, oh, hello, this isn't actually a question, more oh, of a comment, really. Yeah. Or then the other guy, like, uh, this is more of a two-part, you know? It's like, it's like you, you get rid of all that, you cut through that, and they do this. Unfortunately, uh, they would finish through their script a little early and then have fan Q&A that would invariably yeah. be all that so, stuff anyway. Uh, Tom and I went to the Iron-Blooded Orphans panel. Because that's like the main reason that those two are here. Yeah, Sunrise um, brought them for yeah, They also had the so voice actor this, for uh, Guy Leo from Iron-Blooded Orphans. Yeah, so this was a Funimation-run panel. And so they had Nagai, uh, Ebikawa, and Masaya, Masaya Matsukaze. Who is the voice of Guy Leo. And then they had three dub actors. So they had six people on stage, along with someone from Funimation. And they did an uh, interesting... They did they, one similar. thing that I thought was really cool, so they had a bunch of prepared questions for everyone, and they kind of bounced around to talk to everybody instead of, like, getting hung up on any one particular guest. Um, they, did, they did a bunch of those questions. Then they went to the audience, and what they've been doing a lot of now is they pre-screen the questions before you actually yep. get up there. Everyone sh listening to this, if you have to do some sort of Japanese guest thing and you're conducting it, please do that. Yeah. Yeah, pre-screen um, the, the audience Q&A. Please, and God. The, the, because they did that, the questions were pretty good overall. Um, and one thing they did that was, I think, really smart for this panel, because they had a bunch of pre-prepared questions, they had a pre-prepared final question. Yeah. So instead of letting Ooh. whatever random person was going to ask whatever random question, they had something specific for everyone to talk about at the end to close the panel out. Yeah, they were able to control the tone that everyone out on instead of like ending it on a, like a raffle or something that takes forever. Yeah. Fucking raffles. Yeah, yeah I went no to... No raffles this year. No, I... we, we went, and there I were raffles, one, yeah. that, like multiple things, and it was always like... They they invariably have to pull multiple tickets, and I, for the life of me, can't see all these people getting up and leaving during the panel and before. So in my mind, I was like, there's some mishap in which, you know, only one of the people giving out tickets actually has, like, the like corresponding copies that they're pulling from the raffle from, and everyone else is just getting bunk numbers. Because mm. uh, yeah. it seemed to me like, you know, the winning number is, you know, 33, you know, 74, and every look at your ticket, and it's like 45 this, and it's like... <laughs> Obviously, there's not fifteen thousand people in this you know place. They're given out from multiple reels, but yeah, sure. Kind uh, of the kind of the downside of having like the Japanese cast and like production staff on stage along with the English voice cast is that like you get a lot of softball questions that are basically just intended for yep. English voice actors. Mm -hmm. You don't necessarily get as much chance to hear like insights about. Like what actually went into the show? Yeah, the production. Is yeah, it's fanish kind of stuff, right? Yeah, like, right. like fan pleasing. Which is your favorite character? Yeah. Or did you? Or one guy asked, like, uh, it was almost seemed like a kind of like an indirect. Thing. Do you find that this role is like much easier than your other roles or something? It's just yeah, just weird like stuff. But even like, that. like the prepared questions were, especially for the dub voice actors, it was just a lot of like. So what do you think of these characters' relationships? Yeah, yeah. You know, that kind of stuff. The, so I went to uh, one of the Trigger panels, because there was some Trigger staff here. There was uh, Yo-Yo Shinari, the director of uh, Little Witch Academia, and then uh, two, like, producers, basically, Masahiko Otsuka and uh, Naoko Tsutsumi. But uh, that one also kind of had a bunch... Same format. Most of them were like this, like, prepared questions from, the, from a translator or MC followed by audience Q&A. And I do remember one of the audience Q&A ones at that panel was like, like the, even the audience of, of, you know, anime fans in there groaned at it because it was like a Little Witch Academia panel. And the guy's like, okay, so in Kill La Kill, <laughs> like there's always like the Kill La Kill guy who has a question at a not Kill La Kill panel. Otokan usually has pretty good fan panels. I feel like there were a lot I wanted to go to this year, but I didn't make it to most of them. Uh, but any, were there any like standout ones for people? Uh, well, we heard some interesting results of a couple. What, there was that one shonen one. That... Oh, yeah, how'd that go? I didn't go to it. We heard we Horvath's heard testimony of uh -oh. being there. 
And just reading his testimony is like, okay, so this is going to haunt all of us and be our banes for... <laughs> like, you know how there's... Like, there's a certain degree of tolerance you can give for, like, inaccuracies. Mm-hmm. Back, back up, what was the actual topic of oh, the panel? Yeah. The, the actual topic of the panel was basically, um, you know, the evolution of, you know, shonen anime. Okay. And... I was potentially interested in going to this. Which I, apparently did not include any sports right. series. What? This is yeah. this is the yes. this is the first thing is that you know if you're going to talk about the evolution of a genre, you should presumably say start at the origin and then talk about how it changes over time, aka the word evolution. So we're going to talk about action movies, but absolutely nothing no about the western, nothing about you know previous <laughs> things like precursors. No, yeah. apparently not. When they went into this, they started off by saying, okay, we're not going to talk about anything sports. And therefore, you know, the first uh, true um, shonen anime um, was Fist of the North Star, which what? I don't... Wait, so that from the start, they qualified it by saying that sports don't count? Well, yeah, right. I thought it was about shonen action specifically. Well, right? if it were, sports then, you know, I, you know, you could make the, the distinction. But the thing is, is, like, even though that's a statement, I sort of make a similar statement. To then go and say things like JoJo's Bizarre Adventure came up with the concept of naming your special move, oh or boy. having a, a rival, oh boy. or having a rival <laughs> who becomes your friend, and then like, you can't write off the sports genre from which this all comes from. Mm-hmm. It's like you know, Ashtana Joe existed, you know, Captain Tsubasa existed, you know, like right. you have to say like no, they took it from this. The first you could say the first one to do it in this type of genre took it from this, yeah. and then this was the first in that genre to do it, fine. But they just gave what sounded like a lot of just outright misinformation. They said, like, oh, they had some acknowledgement to Saint Say, but then they said, none of us have seen it. Um, oh, boy. And, and I could understand if years ago, when access was limited to right. some of these shows, that you could maybe make some, you know, hey, I'm not sure about this. But in 2018... You can go to Crunchyroll, folks, and Saint Seiya is there. Watch basically the whole Watch thing, Watch the whole right? thing, or, yeah, pretty yeah. much. The, or at least the cool, 77 episodes yeah. that's like the, the core story of it. Fist of the North Star is all there. You know, Dragon Ball, you can still watch that stuff. It's like, this ain't hard. You just got to put in the work. And so when people make statements like that, it can get under your skin. Now, obviously, I'm not going to say that I haven't made a sweeping generalization or, you know, gotten, you know, the details, something wrong in the past, but it's not like it's, it's so off base that you're actively like sabotaging people. And then you have to deal with these people online eventually at some point who, cause like a audience of people listens to me like, aha, uh-huh, yeah. Yeah. And people love those like firsts, right? This is the first thing to do X. Right. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And you know, you've got a whole panel yourself, Evan, about like, here's all the anime before Astro Boy. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> right. Yeah, there's the I and I have a panel called Anime and Manga First that's right. supposed to be about that, and it's yeah. like what? And the, part of the whole point of the panel is to be like, the idea of like first isn't actually totally sure. accurate because you can find mm-hmm. like five different definitions of who did it first depending on how you define it. Right. So right. Like, and yeah, I mean, there's a certain amount of information that like like when we talked about like the thing about like oh Tezuka did like all this stuff first is like that narrative is like in oh. a lot of other things, so it's totally understandable like. I went to a, a Shoujo and Jose panel that was really interesting. At this convention? Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. And, I mean, it was really it was really good. They, they did a lot of, like, work. They read, like, academic articles. And, I mean, they still had the, like, you know, Tezuka <laughs> made the first Shoujo manga with Princess mm-hmm. Knight. And it's like, well, I mean, I understand. Like, there's a reason that that is... I mean, that information is it's out there. It's in text you know? and stuff. Yeah. people saying I've, I've heard people right. say that, like, Rose of Versailles is the first Shoujo. And I was like, oh, okay. no. Well, you <laughs> yeah, know, yeah I mean, <laughs> yeah. And so, like, I understand, like, I'm not going to fault them too much for the, like, you know, oh, Tezuka started this because that's, like, a there, an there established are... narrative that if you do research, you're going to find. Right. Right. But if you do further research, you'll find, okay, it goes back further and he is taken from this. But, you know, that's recent developing stuff. I would say we found a couple of panels that were a bit unfortunate. Um, The 18 plus programming at Oticon is historically not super great. Um, Obviously, I think the people who are in it for porn, you know, that's easy, you know, low hanging fruit. But like, 
there's other topic like discussions like horror related things and you know oh, what have yeah. you that mm. don't tend to give things the level of rigor that say Clarissa you know just mentioned it when talking about shoujo when certainly they could. We went to a Junji Ito panel. Oh, I saw that on the schedule. I wanted to go yeah. to that, but I couldn't. Because well, that had hmm. the potential to be something pretty great, because Junji Ito is a well-known author, a lot of, lot of work, a lot you can talk <laughs> about. We said, okay, well, we're a couple minutes late, you know, but... We got there around 23 minutes after. 20 minutes in. Hmm. And they're already on fan Q and A. She said she was oh, done no. with all of her. She said content. she was done with all of her presentation, all of her content. She's on fan Q and A. Not even twenty minutes of content. And Not and even. then she ends the panel with twenty five minutes to spare. In the panel time allotment, just dismissed everybody. Just yep, yep that's oh, it. That's wow. all we got. And as she was talking, she was like, "Oh wow, I could do a whole panel just talking about Tomie." Guess what? If you're low on time, yeah, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and you could. And you can Ta- speak a whole lot about this thing that's directly related to the thing. It you should do that. Yeah. Like you and don't have clips from his the movies or the don't TV have clips show from the works. Or... Don't have you know sufficient yeah. you know samples from the manga. Did so you hear what is... the panel was actually like? I mean, was it just like slides? Well, by the time we walked in, she just had a still image with like a collage of some manga uh, panels from Junji Ito and just various fans. You know, just sort of. Talk like raising their hands and asking questions. She just kind of talks. Uh, she didn't quite always like know the art of if you're going to answer a question in a large panel room, please speak into your microphone. Mm-hmm. Uh, but for the most part, that was fine. But I'm just blown away at if you're going to do a presentation that's supposed to be 50 minutes, 55 minutes. Please time this out in some way, shape, or form. I always tell people to prepare like. More than enough for your time slot, yes, and then cut from there. That yeah, way, even yeah. if it runs long, you can be like, "Well, all right, I'll, I'll talk about a little bit more stuff." Like, don't yeah. rely on the Q and A. Yeah, it's yeah, always well, easy to skip yeah. stuff. It's our very friend, hard to um, stuff you know, out. another yeah. friend of ours, he went to another panel where they also ended like 10, 15 minutes early because he was the panel next, hmm. and then they ended super early, and then he ended up basically having thirty minutes of setup time, and he was just making idle chatter with the staffer who's watching the room. And the staffer said, oh, there will definitely be consequences, you know, for, like, that'll be noted that those people didn't use their allotted time. Because remember, remember, registration. Remember how hard it is to get panels at this point. Registration's a hundred bucks, and they've given you a hundred dollars to fill an hour of time. And so. Yeah, and I mean, even, like, you know, a lot of us have been running panels for a while, and we still get, like, panels rejected a lot, right? Sure. I get panels here. I I do, like, um,. You know, retrospective panels, like almost like Almanac style. And I said, like, oh, here it was a big 30 years ago. They rejected 1988, which is fascinating because 1988 is such a, a landmark yeah, year huge. for American anime fandom. Akira came out, My Neighbor Totoro came out, you know, mm-hmm. lots of things like that. But they, uh, they rejected. I'm not sure if it's because the attendance wasn't what they wanted last year. Could be, or they just needed to give other people a shot, whatever the case may be. Um, anime and non-anime got rejected. Yeah, and you and filled in the biggest room Devil they had. Devilman got anime yeah. rejected. Oh, whoops, sorry. Yeah, anime Man. Burger Time almost got rejected, <laughs> but was thankfully accepted. It was way wasted. <laughs> yeah, I was, we, we to, got br- to... I was going to bring back my Gundam shorts panel that got rejected. The blatant ripoff that's of Daryl shorts panel. That's a great panel. panel. <laughs> well, hold on, though. The, that, that panel's incredible because you do work that is not, like out there like you go out and you like get like this is something that people haven't seen online this is something that hasn't been translated and i'm going to translate it for the sake of this panel and that gets rejected yeah exactly yeah. so <laughs> if you're gonna leave your if you're gonna cut things off 25 minutes early because you only had 10 minutes of material it's like that there's got to be something yeah something I, I ended up paneling because another like a group of people put me on like their applications as co-panelists so I ended up doing, like, four panels that way. But otherwise, like, I wouldn't have had any of my own. Yeah. I did go to a really good one that I, I tweeted about. Uh, I tweeted a lot of the slides out uh, about Japanese demilitarization. Or not, de- sorry, remilitarization. Remilitarization. That's something really interesting. Yeah. 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 You know, the panel was great. And it was run by uh, two, I guess they're, one of them mentioned their teacher. They might both be teachers or professors or something. And uh, one of them said that she... Uh, studied either master's or, or doctorate or something. She studied like uh, it was like human human rights or something humanitarian. I forget what, mm. specifically what it was, but it was like you know she studied a lot of like geopolitics and stuff. And it was like very nicely researched, but not like 
super academic. It was it was mm-hmm. like kind of you know understandable, mm-hmm. pretty pretty like, like you know, conversational. Yeah, yeah, pretty pretty well presented and like a lot. I didn't know a lot about that. It goes into a lot of like the history of the very a bunch of different Japanese prime ministers and their like relationship to remilitarization into the United mm-hmm. States and uh, had a you know very I posted some of the slides very frank discussion of things like the uh, rape of Nanking and like the comfort women and things like that. And I was very impressed to have that kind of thing at the anime convention. Yeah, right? yeah. 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 I, I noticed you're that. reading uh, Shigeru Mizuki's show, A History of Japan, yeah. which I am also currently reading through. Um, this is the first volume we've got here. I didn't start it yet. Okay. I just have it in my bag to make me just look, so you look <laughs> Just to make yourself look street. And that's, that's acceptable. But, you know, in that, he's like... You know, he doesn't care about, you know, who mm-hmm. he makes angry. So, I mean, mm-hmm. he's more willing to just say, yeah, the Japanese committed these atrocities. There's one case with, like, the... I think it might have been, like, uh, one of the death marches in the Pacific Islands. Like, um, that, you know, they said, oh, this guy was put to death. And he's like, I don't know how he would really be responsible for not realizing how hot it is in the Philippines. That you can't, you know, go on, like, the Bhutan death march or whatever. Um, but, you know, and he just got Shigeru Mizuki. He's like, you know, it's hot in the Philippines if you ever gone. Yeah. Uh, but, you know, I, I'm glad that, you know, a panel like that, how did it turn out? Like, people show up, you know? Like, it was, like, not a ton of people, uh, but people seemed really interested. There was, like, audience Q&A at the end, which I thought didn't go great because you got people, like, got kind people of hogging like, the mic, trying yeah. to ask, you know, yeah, this turning it into a discussion. And, a, yeah, yeah, and I was like... Know. You guys don't know the stuff. I don't know the stuff the way that they do. Right. Like we're this is not for you to just like go back and <laughs> yeah. Forth our about our it. general panel approach is no fan Q and A. Yeah, that's the same just, thing that it's I It's much do. better to just fill that time. Yeah. Uh, you two, Pat's and and Tom are like the the big mecha experts, and the the theme this year was mecha, right? Yeah. So yeah, like exactly. there was a we ton ended up doing a bunch of, of stuff. Job. Well, yeah. it's, I think that's a function of who's running the convention now, right? Because mm. the guy who used to be head of panels. Is now the chair of the convention. Oh, oh, He's uh, you know a big time mecha fan. Uh, I wouldn't be surprised if he wasn't instrumental in getting Shoji Kawamori. Who, by the way, each time Shoji Kawamori did a panel, chair of the con was there, uh, Andy. Oh, okay. And so we weren't sure if he was there to hawkishly make sure that people really adhered to the no photography sign, but I'm pretty sure he's just. From my interactions with him, he's a yeah. super fan of, mm-hmm. of Macross. Yeah. But they were like. A shit ton of Gundam and Mecha panels. Yeah. I oh, couldn't yeah. keep We're track of them. them. Like yeah. kind of stepping on each other's toes, where it's like, how and many of these do they need to like, be? How how much is the turnout going to be if you have like inept robot pilots yeah, right. opposite? Oh. You know, the women of Gundam, or you know, just like yes, or just stuff. opposite the the, the Gundam Q and A. Yeah, our so our friends John and Lauren who run uh, Gunpla One Hundred and One. Yep. Uh, there was a panel called Gunpla 101 in the schedule that, that wasn't, wasn't run by them. them. Yeah. There's a panel called History of Hentai that wasn't run by Gerald here. Did anybody go to that? History of Hentai? Yeah. It was probably no. terrible because... Uh, well, I thought plus... maybe you'd go, you know, scope out the... I think the we had a panel. <laughs> I, think we, I think it was opposite the, the Craziest Deaths panel. No, History of Hentai was Friday, and um, I think AMA 1998 was, you know, probably right afterwards on Friday, but it was just... You, you should have showed up, Gerald, and just so been you like... You stole my name. Your hentai is about to be history. It's <laughs> 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 just a wrestling match. You get up there and hit him with a chair. Yeah. It yeah. is sometimes <laughs> fascinating to see, like, you know, there was one official hashtag, and, you know, there's uh, one or two accounts that were just posting videos of you know pornography being played on the yeah. screen you know the, the hashtag and our um seems you know based on audience response that that's all people want and what we try to do is any is to try to treat things with like the same level of decorum that you would any other genre and uh right, evidently right. that uh, is not um, yeah i did he... get my panels rejected at local cons in orlando because i said didn't... not not uh, smutty enough not smutty enough because i would show like the weird what? 60s stuff and then i would you know, I'd get to the modern stuff, but you know, I wouldn't. It wouldn't just be wall to wall. Yeah, you'd be doing history of fans. Don't get you know, hot and bothered yeah. Your for a thousand. Panel was much too classy. Yeah, <laughs> fans don't get hot and bothered for a thousand and one nights, which you know mm-hmm. now is you know available on Blu-ray. But you know, that's the kind of stuff he was showing. But yeah, just the fact is, personally, I feel that obviously none of us invented like the given topics that we choose to talk about. But if uh, you know, you have a title that you pick. Yeah, and someone else wants to explore that same topic. Please don't use the same title. Like I wouldn't make a panel at another convention and call it Anime Burger Time. I would 
Because I would come like, to your house. Yeah, I'd kill you. That's, that's your name, right? Yeah, you have to come you know. to Anime Burger Zone. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Yeah. <laughs> but, uh, but no, seriously, yeah. like, like on the topic of being like smutty enough. <laughs> um, well, yes. This is, I guess, the two-part thing. Um, one was it's during. Not, it's not actually a question. It's really more of a comment. <laughs> yeah, it's yeah, it's real. Yeah. Um, during our panel last night, Gatai. Uh, we uh, shared a wall with uh, Mecca. Yeah, 1980s it's a, it's a Mecca, Mecca recommendations. recommendations panel, and there's a story about it too. Um, but during it, we were against like the the room next door was one of those hentai panels, and it was just people hooting and hollering and screaming for an hour. For not a lot of not they a lot were of really into yeah, they were yeah. really into Dogram. <laughs> well, did you show the uh, the the Festo grenade death portion? Of, no, because that's no, my I, go-to. I showed the Dogram tear a round facer's head off though. That was cool. Um, well, Dograma is like, it's streaming now, isn't it? Uh, no, it's no, not. Okay. Votoms is streaming. Votoms is streaming. I plugged that one too, though. Ryosuke Takahashi coming back. Yeah, the vast majority of the stuff that we showed was either licensed at one point or licensed now. And just like... Dogram, I think Dograma was the only thing that's never been licensed. I, I think so, yeah. Dograma I just think is rad. Yeah, yeah wasn't there something... Fully fan sub, though. Yeah, yeah, there's a million things that Discotech just licensed, but one wasn't one of them something that you talked about in your panel? And Baldios, was like, yes, yeah, yeah, it's not licensed. Oh, boy. It was I, actually, licensed. I, I feel a little bad about this, because so um, Discotech had licensed, uh, I think sometime last year... The Baldios Space, movie. Exactly. And Baldios is best known for being a, a uh, notorious me. bad end anime. It was actually canceled early the same week as Ideon. It beat can- it beat Ideon to cancellation by about four days. And the ending of it is literally just like the world is flooded and then a big red the end come up, comes up on the screen. And I showed this at the panel. I was like, so this is, ha- so this is how it ends, but it's okay because it happens halfway through the movie and then things get much worse. Uh, and then today at... Uh, discotheque they announced that they actually are releasing the Baldios TV series on Blu-ray but I mean what can you do I mean yeah. the show is most popular for that bad ending well, and also the the Heika meme from the early 2000s of you know the the, the the king the majesty you know having this weird face and you know people would just you know photoshop that guy's face and everything but these are you know decades dead yeah, I didn't even know that nobody <laughs> um uh, so the other thing that happened with Gatai is the we got thing. we got um, chastised for swearing too much in the panel. What? Apparently, um, non eighteen plus panel. It was non eighteen plus panel. None of us remember swearing. And I asked people there in the audience. There appears to be video evidence saying that perhaps your uh, short term memory may have been impaired. It, it, it may or may not have been. I'm convinced. <laughs> uh, I'm convinced it's because and Tom's like convinced me of this so more or less. He was talking about Zeo Rhymer. So I was talking about Zeorimer, and I kept talking about his his big glowing balls that he sticks together to shoot the laser beam, you know? Mm-hmm. So I just said balls constantly while I'm describing this. No. no. Yeah, it's not a swear. But then this woman who's just, who is a staffer, who was not the staffer in charge of the room, she was just in the panel, came up halfway through while someone else was talking, and she's like, this is not an 80 plus panel. You swear one more time, I shut you down. Exactly. Yes. <laughs> it's like... Daryl, that's what's happened to you. Yeah, that's word for word. What have you, you have you had a similar experience in the past? How many it's, times it's, did it's, you say balls in your panel? Well, <laughs> probably I say something probably worse, but you know, in any case, what's interesting is you know all ages panels vary at different conventions because at some yeah. conventions all ages means PG thirteen, yeah. right? Mm-hmm. Exactly. So you can swear, and you know you can show violent clips, but you can't show skin. Right. Yeah. And then at some other panels, PG, all ages at some other conventions, it's like you have to show ID just to curse. Yeah, right. it's like PG or really? G rated. Yeah, soccer so. cons like that. And this no. makes me really glad that I. Oh, you should finish your story. But it makes me glad that I didn't say I censored myself and didn't say drill dick in the. Uh, <laughs> I talked about well, dead leaves well, in the uh, graduating Gynax panel. What ended up <laughs> happening as a result is that it turns out a third of our recommendations were in some way at least adjacent to porno. <laughs> talked about Fight Ixer One. Uh, right. May as well be. Yeah. And yeah. Project Aiko. Fantastic. Uh, was supposed shows. to be porn originally. Right, exactly. Yeah. Yeah. And uh, Ixer One, our clip had nudity, but I covered it up with some uh, SD Gundam faces. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's very difficult. But every to... time I, we yeah, mentioned I, that, I, I, like, like, I yelled out, but it's totally chased. Like, it's fine. I would we be censored yelling everything. that, oh, this is based on porn, whatever, blah, blah, blah. And he's like, it's this is clean, this is clean. Like, <laughs> terrified that we're going to get shut down for everything we're talking about. <laughs> for my, uh, well, no, my to, anime to answer history, your question, Corey, yeah. uh, it's never been for things I say, it's if I run a clip. 
Right. And maybe like the oh, dub audio yeah. is mm-hmm. you know, oh. a little, uh, you know, blue. I do remember I managed, I managed to cut my, uh, I managed to cut my clip for, uh, uh, Pop Chaser for, like, an Mm. anime history panel. Like, just, like, just the robots. Yeah. But, like, you get, like, a reaction shot in one place that, like, if you're paying attention, you can tell what's going on. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, anyway... Speaking of smut, uh, there was also a big <laughs> announcement that happened not at the con that was kind of bizarre. Yeah, SEO genius uh, Eddie Chavs, um, <laughs> he knows how to take advantage of his friends to the maximum ability possible. <laughs> Much like back in the days when you just have, hey, let's all meet up at Kinakuni, guys, and talk. Hey, you're a, all happen to be prominent manga bloggers all in yep. the New York yep. City, Boston area. Yeah, let's just... I attended Let's just those. Hang. <laughs> yeah. Oh, by the way, I have some announcements for my company, which you can all blog about and announce your social media. <laughs> At the exact same time, and best of all, it's free of charge because I'm a marketing SEO genius. <laughs> you no. guys will do the work no. for me. It costs thirty dollars. Yeah, yeah. You're talking to Pat's who co-ran the event. Yeah. I understand, but the Eventbrite, you know, tag means that the only people who show up are the people. Who are social media influencers, <laughs> and therefore and who bring good you get beer. Thirty yeah. people yeah. all tweeting <laughs> at the same time. That's not always true. That Eddie Chobs <laughs> has started a new manga imprint of Faku and has the rights to the following titles. And he didn't have to jockey to get a dealer's table, and he yep, didn't yep. have to, you know, pull strings to get a panel. Uh, industry panel, and he didn't have to. That's why you know, Ed hope is the most dangerous. Ed, yeah, yeah. Don't get, <laughs> don't get on Ed's bad side. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, his license list is also why he's the most dangerous. Yes, yes. So this is his new uh, his new company under Faku called Denpa, and I don't even know if you actually said Ed Chavez. You just I said, said Eddie, Eddie Chavez, <laughs> but that's, that's who name. we're talking. About. He's Eddie Chavez. <laughs> All right. Uh, but yeah, this was that. I'm allowed. Odebrew is not a secret, right? Am no, I allowed to tell people on a podcast? It was it an is? event, right? So yeah, yeah. yeah. It's, it's, it's a beer it's swap a secret event. That you have to buy tickets for on Eventbrite. Yeah, yeah. right. Uh, <laughs> but it was. It, most of us, I don't think, knew that that was coming. I guess Pat's probably I mean, knew. Yeah, I knew but, that he was going to yeah. make announcements because you know we met Ed at the airport on Thursday, and he said, "Oh yeah, I'm going to announce you know my new uh, projects at at Odebrew. but I didn't. You didn't say what they were, and I didn't go around telling everyone, "Hey, I got right, right. this." It's like, and you, you the, the licenses, the really big yeah, one is, is well, Kaiji. So they uh, they're licensing Kaiji, which is not the first time it came out, is it? There was there a the first release? time it's being in print. In print, there was like a digital. That's what it is. Got release. it. But yeah, it's a pretty big deal. I don't think we've gotten any other Fukumoto, have we? Mm-hmm. Nothing no. I can think of. Yeah. Uh, as well as a couple other titles that I'm Inside not Mari. right now. Right. Inside Mari's going um, to print. It was previously digital only. And they're cleaning it up. Like the translation and oh, like all new types that of That kind of cleaning up. Yeah, not like putting SD Gundam. They're not yeah. like <laughs> drawing digital bikinis, you know, a la the Cartoon Network in the early 2000s. And uh, there's some other. Oh. other I mean, there's uh, Ed Chavez, so you know that yeah. would never happen, right? Yeah. <laughs> like, well, you know, he did, you know, license the Ronge Murata art book, it's right. which, you know, gradually, which we as, all, as all Ronge Murata things do, gradually becomes just pedophilia. Yeah. Uh, so it's a very nice book, though. It is a nice book. Believe it or not, despite being under Faku and despite us joking about smut, uh, it's not a it's not a porn imprint. No. It's it's like it's basically vertical two. It's basically yeah. the new Ed yeah. Chavez <laughs> kingdom because you know Overfiend is moving over to it. Yeah. Um, and the Kago book, yeah, right. uh, Super Dimensional Love Gun. Which is why I thought that initially I thought when they announced it that it would be like the, the non-pornographic wing of Faku, but no, now it's just Ed Chavez's. Yeah, it's just, yeah, yeah, it's just yeah. his Criterion Collection. Right. <laughs> and yeah, I mean, like, Ed, you know, I think people probably know a lot of the stuff that Vertical put out, and like, when Ed was really steering that ship, like, that was when they were doing like a that ton was of what really made interesting Vertical's licenses. Name. Yeah. Yeah. Once he left... Vertical is effectively a non-entity. Yeah, they, they, they're kind of slowly being integrated into Kodansha it's Comics at this yeah, point. Yeah, yeah. There's yeah. not much else to it. But, like, it's a lot of, like, what, what Dempa is focusing on is a lot of, like, uh, Seinen, Jose, and, like, some indie comic stuff. Yeah, which yeah. is really cool. Yeah. Pompanya, yeah. which Pompanya, is another yeah. one. It's really cool. It's kind of a weird comedy thing. I think that is, isn't Pompanya the artist, I think? Yeah. I think the, it's, the title is... Yeah. 
Uh, it's, An invitation it's got, from he, a crab. Yeah, that's the English that's title. Yeah, yeah. Um, <laughs> that's a really cool thing. Um, what was the fourth one? The train girl. The one with the girls. Yeah. Maiden. It's it's Maiden Railways. Yeah. And he it. sold it as like it's like Jose, you know, kind of like drama. But we all know what's really going on, which is it's it's about trains and, and it's a train <laughs> talk. Yeah. It is very about trains. Yeah. <laughs> and there, there's a the and then there's a short comic by the letter B guy. Um, I don't oh, yeah. know what it's called. Okay. Pez. Pez, yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, yeah, so uh, to me that was just pretty wild to have like a new publisher and a new set of licenses all announced at an off-site non-public beer no, no, no. swap event. Yeah. Like, <laughs> not, not affiliated with the convention yeah. in any way. <laughs> no. Uh, let's see, what else? Uh, I have On my list I have Tenchi Muyo listed, but we're not going to... <laughs> I did see one other. Uh, I did see one other interesting uh, panel by a fan. Trying to stop me from talking about Tenchi. Muyo? Yes, we are. I would like to know about why everyone's talking about Tenchi Muyo. Is it an inside joke? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, Let's make it an outside. The, joke. Yeah, like the, so, the origin of this is like I don't know. A couple months ago, uh, drunkenly on Discord with Tom, uh, got we went way too deep on the Tenchi Muyo Wikipedia. Um, I think learned. it just started with me being like, isn't everyone in Tenchi related or something? And then we figured out that, yes, everybody that, yes, in Tenchi is fact. related. <laughs> um, and over the course of this weekend, specifically a dinner on Friday? Yeah, yeah. Um, I was, I was we, terrorized. Yeah, you <laughs> Evan, there. Evan and guys. Corey here were subjected to like a three-hour conversation <laughs> about Tenchi Muyo lore. And then, it, uh, and then it'd be 20 minutes, it would go away, and I would say something like... <laughs> That so reminds are, me of are, are Ryoko and Rio Oki technically yeah. sisters? <laughs> and let's and get it straight here. Yes, <laughs> by the way. Let's get it straight here. We went to the bird, which is not like a big, like busy place. It it's was like a like semi fancy, yeah, nice like, restaurant. Yeah, into the you know, candlelit. It was like candlelit, and we had like this nice little round table. And they're far enough it. away from the convention that there were like normies trying it, to get a yeah. regular dinner. <laughs> there, there, it could. The the place could only we fit like maybe very loudly. Yes, because we had like eight people in Tom. Tom and I, and then another friend, James, were all kind of sitting away from each other. So we're shouting across the <laughs> table about like I Tenchi Muyo and what counts as canon and isn't for Tenchi Muyo. Right. Yeah, well, I mean, there's, there's no there's, sane reason why Tenchi Muyo should have this much lore. There's there's people like out there on a date or something. They're like out yeah. on a nice date, and the next table over is someone going. Isn't uh, every relationship in Tenchi technically incest? <laughs> yeah. It's right. like, well, Tenchi's grandpa is also technically his uncle on the other side of his family. Oh, it's so bad. Right. And like you guys would be you'd be talking about it, and then the waiter would come over to fill up our our glasses full of water, and also you just hear people go, yeah, 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 and then. <gasps> <laughs> and the whole table would go silent, and <laughs> some of once, us once like you realize you're like having to deal with real humans, but yeah, I mean, it could, and the long story short, they're actually releasing Tenchi novels in 2018 for some reason. Right. Well, there's still ten people keeping it alive <laughs> after the uh, please go visit, you know, this you know tourist. Yeah, area. Please, yeah. please, please move to the country. Right. <laughs> all right. There, I think we got it all. That's it. There we, go. <laughs> we got all the Tenchi Muyo out. We We've got, exercised uh, Tenchi Muyo from Otakon 2018. I, 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 Shit. Tenchi Muyo can come Be back at any time. <laughs> 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 it, it'll never die. For um, some reason. All right. Because it keeps on sleeping. We're done. I'm cutting you off. <laughs> cutting you. We only have one mic, but I'm cutting your mic. There's no more Tenchi Muyo. No I'm done. I was, I'm, I'm, on, I'm on Team Evan here. All so right. you're saying there's no need for Tenchi? <laughs> oh, Jesus Christ. I, had, I did that joke earlier, but I'm going to do it again. All right. All right. So I think we should probably wrap up. Some of us have got to go to pick up flights. Are there any topics and I forgot to mention? That there's one like topic to I'd up. like to mention. Um... We say this every year, or at least I say this every year. Um, I wish that they would give the staff a little more autonomy, like the people whose job it is to like supervise a room or what have mm. you. Um, on Saturday, it gets very busy. Like if people have panels, like everything fills up. People are wanting like Saturday's the busy day. Mm -hmm. um, they don't schedule room clears at Otakon unless it's going from a non eighteen plus to eighteen plus, uh, but. Yeah. At this convention, you don't have to show ID at the door to get into a panel. You go and you get your ID checked and you get a wristband. 
Therefore, to clear everyone out of a room and to get people into a room is just as easy as walking in or walking out of it. Um, so I run a panel that's pretty popular on Saturday night called Anime's Craziest Deaths, and it's 18 plus now after, you know, some hijinks, you know, but it's been 10 years of me doing that panel, so get off my case. Um, <laughs> but the point is, is that there are people who camp the previous panel just to go to mine, and it's roughly 25 to 33% of the previous panel were in there, and I showed up, you know, 45 minutes early to get an idea of, you know, the line. And there are people who have been lined up there for over an hour because the line went, you know, quite far out. And some of those people didn't get to come in and see my panel because there was no, like, it's hey... People camped out? Yeah, well, the, the, the pre preceding panel is completely full. And, you know, good on them, no problem. But, like, then once that thing ends, you know, it's at your discretion if you want to get up and, and leave or not. And... You know, for the people who go and sit down just to camp a panel, you may not be giving that panel that's currently on all your attention. You know, mm -hmm. it's not the thing that you are there to see. And so I feel that if something is very highly anticipated, that a staffer should have the ability to make mm -hmm. a dynamic, audible call to say, we should, we should do a room clear. But I think yeah. they don't do it because currently the perception is that it takes too long, that it would take 30 minutes to do this and... You know, when they do have scheduled room clears on the schedule, it's a 30-minute allotment. I think they should be scheduled rather than being, like, one-off. Because then people can schedule around it. Because people you, need to know that they need to get there to line if, up. If you schedule right. around it, you can do that. The downside is you have less content. And that's the reason why they don't mm. do it. Because if there's always a 30-minute buffer between everything as opposed to a 15 then you end up losing out on, like, oh, you know... I don't mean between everything. What I'm saying is for things like you said, someone should be able to make a dynamic call. Okay. Every year they should know that Craziest Death needs a room clear. Like, there's things they should know going in. Sure, I mean, you know, that's, that's, that's another uh, topic. But, yeah, I mean, I just, um, you know, there are people who were lined up and they realized, oh, we're not going to be able to get in. Um, and they didn't cut the line or anything yeah, like yeah. that. And, you know, I always feel bad and I don't have a, a good answer for what to do there. I'm sure, um, you know, they have their ideas for why they say this is the way it is and it has to work this way. But as we've seen in the past, you know, for years they said, oh, we'll never mail badges. It's never going to work. It doesn't right. help anybody. And then eventually they just got worn down and they said, fine, babies. They we'll didn't mail get the worn badges. down. They got... Crippled. Crippled. <laughs> exactly. They got maimed right. that no. one year, and then they did it. And then they did it, and then, shock of shocks, it worked perfectly fine. Um, so, I mean, I, I feel like, you know, there are certain things that you can gain from looking at other conventions and how they do some things and, uh, you know, incorporate that in your own event. Um, and I'd like to see it happen a little more. But on the bright side, you know, perfectly full, like, you know, in yeah. the big panel room one. Um, there are no small panel rooms. No anymore. small panel rooms. Everything, yeah. you know, yeah. you know, there's a lot yeah, of uh, good attendance. And, you know, on the bright side, at least, you know, I pull the crowd and ask people, hey, is this your first Otakon? Is this your first time being at my panel? Almost everybody. The biggest surprise for me was I showed Devilman Crybaby and, you know, big cheer, obviously, because it's so popular. Yeah, yeah. I said uh, at the end of the clip, I said, raise your hands if you've never seen that show. And a huge amount of people oh, wow. raised their hands, never seen Devilman Crybaby. And, you know, then I showed a thing from Cells at Work, which was the currently popular thing. Huge audible response. and said, raise your hands. You've never seen Cells at Work. And again, you know, it's over 50% of, you know, this, you know, large room. And so it's interesting. It's just like a little eye opener, a little reminder that sometimes the things that are popular in our social media circles, sometimes the things that get high prominence on the streaming websites and the like, may not necessarily be on the radar of a large amount of people who still primarily consume anime from what's on TV. Um, yeah. So something yeah. to keep in mind. Anything else? I, uh, yeah. I, I kind of want to ask yeah. people what yeah. everybody's favorite things are. Oh. But yeah. Oh, I, I just wanted to say that, like, I really, uh, it's really encouraging to see that the discotheque panel is now so well attended. Oh, is it? I missed it. It was a full room. That's uh, great. And, like, over the years, it's kind of been like a running joke that it's mostly just, oh, everybody knows everybody. It's just people we know. Yeah. And now they've just gained enough momentum that, like, they are a draw. And, I don't know, people know that they get free stuff and that they announce a ton of things. But, like, it's funny because... And like, that they have famed celebrity voice actor 
Mike Tool. That's right. <laughs> yeah. But I just think that it's it's kind of funny that like the idea of the uh, kind of license announcements being a big deal at conventions. I feel like that's kind of antiquated at this point. Yeah. But like Discotech, that is their focus, and they they like lead with it. Each uh, panel is like has tons of them through. I think there were 11, 12, 12 um, license announcements of this wow. one. Which is less than a third of the production schedule, uh, like, you know, as far as what they're working on. <laughs> yeah. And I think, I think Mike Tool even uh, introduced it as uh, Oticon 1998's Discotech panel because of, like, yeah, that's just usually not so much a draw to the industry panels. I'm, I'm very <laughs> curious to talk. I haven't really asked Mike about this, but I'm very curious about, like, how they're able to sustain so much production. Oh, like, for sure. I can't, I can't imagine all of those, like, retro robot series are selling <laughs> in, like, that well. well so there has to be, I, mean, I don't I'm know. sure Govarian's going to fly around. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Well, so. The word I've heard is that um, <clears throat> the physical media license especially foreign, is much cheaper now ah, because the streaming is where the money is. Got it. That's how, like, Sentai can stick around because those licenses aren't expensive. Sort of balanced back out because the streaming got so popular. Yeah, the bubble is now... The bubble has moved to streaming? Yeah, exactly. So the streaming yeah. is the very expensive <laughs> now. And so if you want streaming, you got to have the money. If you want the physical license, then much, much cheaper. Mm-hmm. And that's why we're getting Baldios on Blu-ray. <laughs> yeah, exactly. yeah. Actual Blu-ray, not SD Blu-ray. Right. Which is insane. But, uh, I mean, all my panels went well. I didn't have any technical problems. Um, they were amazingly... My 9 a.m. panel on Saturday was well attended. Yeah. So I was happy about that. A lot of weird scheduling things, though, in terms mm-hmm. of having, like, stuff at, like, you know, I know, Daryl, you had a thing at, like, midnight and then the Yeah, we went from panel, midnight to right? 9 a.m. the first thing the next morning and people were there. Yeah, yeah we so. had a 9 a.m. panel, too, and it was, yeah, well attended, and I was very pleased for was... not wanting to be there myself. So. <laughs> the, the programming and the scheduling was very odd to me. Like, they were, they were bunching what I would think would be their featured panelists into the same hour box. Right. They've been doing that for years to try to reduce the amount of, like, congestion and stuff. Yeah, Yeah. but to do that to three, like, three of your people, and then also there was also a complete lack of resources on, like, for the Japan guest side, from what I heard Mm -hmm. from the translators. Oh, boy, there was was an instance at the Little Witch panel where they had misscheduled it, and there was a... It was supposed to run an hour and a half, but the translators thought it was supposed to run for an hour, and they had other events scheduled, so they had to leave at the end of the hour, and another translator who happened to, I think, be in the audience, like an, an interpreter for the convention, not some random person, yeah. like came up and was like, okay, I'll interpret for the last half hour of oh, Q&A at this exactly. panel. Yeah, it's just interesting that that happened, like that's... There were many hiccups that happened with the scheduling and stuff like that. And the DBZ uh, event, that fiasco, where they had that whole seated area and then they canceled it halfway through. Or half an hour in. They were like, you guys just need to leave because we're not doing it. Was, Is that uh, some big Dragon Ball Z panel yeah. that was supposed to go down? Yeah. The Foundation panel? I don't know what. I yeah, guess it was. I, there was a big. I saw the, the, I saw the apology. Yeah, the, the, it was part of like. Because <clears throat> this of, year like, at Otakon. There's a significant investment as far as promotion of this upcoming Dragon Ball Z movie. There's part of the... Vegeta versus Broly. Frieza versus Broly. Vegeta versus Broly. Frieza versus Broly. Goku versus Broly. (laughs) Waveform versus Broly. Totally blown out because it's a condenser mic. (laughs) Why'd you do that to me? (laughs) Level 8 that, punks. (laughs) But no, like... There's there's a lot of promotion uh, for this Dragon Ball uh, Super film, and they've got like the trade show San Diego Comic Con like thing stage set up with like yeah. you know the big dragons, the big models, and stuff like that. And so the promotion of that film is number one Six first and Vegeta. foremost. You know what? Uh, AT&T, Time Warner, and you know uh, I think Sony owns Funimation now, so yeah. you know you know that's what the, this money is going towards. So there's going to be this big giant event you know, for the Dragon Ball Z, and it didn't happen. And so that seems like... Does anyone know why it didn't happen? I didn't see the apology. It was just a scheduling. Apparently nobody notified the guests that they were supposed to be there. Oh, Oh, boy. Wow. Yeah. So so packed room, they they just made everyone leave. Yeah. Um, They made an announcement. I'm I'm sure their after con meeting will be pleasant. Yeah, the con feedback is going on right Right now. now. Yeah, right now as we're talking. 
Well, I'm um, talking about like w- yeah when they yeah, get yeah, the yeah. they're post mortem on yeah. this. Somebody like who fired. the hell yeah. Um, <laughs> You're being moved. The other extremely frustrating thing this year, and it was a frustrating thing last year, is the way they've been handling autographs since they've moved here. Oh, I've heard complaints about it. I so this year had extra issues. So the problem. So last year, it, the autograph area was in the artist alley, um, and on Friday at least, they had. So say the autographs start at one, um, but. The, the artist alley also opens at one. So what you ended up with was just a mob a of people above the stairs. Overlapping. Mm-hmm. Exactly. So this year, they did the same thing. Except they moved it into the dealer's room, which has an even bigger and longer line, and let them all just become one big mob again. Right. So to get in line for autographs, you just had to get in line for, for the, the dealer's, dealer's room. room. And then when you went to get in line for the autographs, they had a single autograph line that well, you got into. That branched for multiple. Yeah, so you yeah, got to the, the front of the line. The same time. And there's six autograph booths, and they say, okay, so who do you want? You want Oh, you want Shoji Kawamori? Oh, man. Go to booth six. And they send you to booth six, what and if you, you get in that one. Well, guess what? This is how you cheat the system and win. Yeah, so after you get that autograph, the issue is... You go see the no other, you just go see the other movie just, in the theater. Nobody funnels you out after that. Yeah. No one funnels you out. So you just get that autograph, you walk off, and then you go to the next autograph you want. So that's what we did. So we get Kawamori autographs, and we cross the aisle and get uh, uh, Kanetake Ebikawa's autograph. Um, but... No one was communicating with the person managing that single first line to send more people in. So people were just standing there in that one long line and not moving while everyone else is just bouncing around and getting yeah. every autograph they want. Right. And, and so a lot of people s- stood in those lines and never got the autograph. So the people who they're there to get the autograph for and were never even at least told, hey, we're cutting the line off here. Or, you know, no more after this point. And it's like they... They committed a lot of time and didn't get anything. And the other thing is, so Kawamori had a full line the entire time until they stopped letting people line up for him. Or at least Friday, which is when we went. Ebikawa did not have a line. Like, we just walked right up to him. So say you were there just in, like, uh, Nagai, the director of uh, IBO, had a couple people in line. Yeah, yeah. So say you just wanted to see That's those crazy. two guys. People. He directed Anohana. Yeah. They really weren't promoting that. No, they were he was there he was here for IBO. I mean yeah. but like if you just wanted to see those guys and you were in that first line and say um I don't know, there were a bunch of voice actors there too and Mr. Uh Creepypasta. <laughs> uh or, So you guys got online for him first. Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> uh, he was he Can you was sign my IBO. He was <laughs> he was right next to um Kawamori. Um So, if you wanted to get one of those short ones, like people that don't have a long line, but you're stuck in that crazy line, you're just screwed. Yeah, exactly. Because they're not weeding that line out at all. It's just moving them slowly. Um, I think they changed it for Saturday. I, I hope so. I mean, but, but you know, the other story from Saturday is Kawamori got tired or whatever and ended his autograph session 20 minutes early. Um, and there was just people in line that just... That's what you can do when you're a visionary. When you're yeah. a visionary. <laughs> he made them feel something. Uh, yeah. <laughs> Apparently feel... one of the, like, third in line at that point, like, burst into tears. Oh, yeah. Uh, I mean, and... I would burst into tears if I didn't get a chance. It's yeah. like, this is Shoji yeah. Kawamori. Yeah. When was the, how when's how the last time he came this? to the exactly. East Coast, let alone the United States? I mean, I used to hear stories like, oh, yeah, he showed you Kawamori at AX, and you go to get his autograph, and he just... Freehand draws you a uh, gear walk <laughs> uh, because he can do that, um, you know, and you'd always see like, wow, that's so cool. Imagine meeting the guy who, you know, is the architect of, you know, one of the key shows that made you a fan and he's right there and you can see him. Yeah, yeah. And they come and they tell you no. And they, yeah. not even because you and got there not, late, but because he got for, tired. For no fault right. He just yeah. didn't want to do it anymore, or whatever. I don't know what the actual reason it was now, but that's, but for whatever reason, sure. it was canceled early. Yeah. Or shut down wow. early. Uh, so yeah. Wow. In Mine's conclusion, right. take autographs out of the dealer's room or artist alley. Just put them somewhere else. Make, make it's a, a big ass building. Room. Yeah. Th- this is, these are colossal size dealer's rooms and artist alleys. For as many people as were here at Otakon, never felt like, yeah, well, they they, they yeah. kind of filled it up a lot with like the autograph session uh, section and like 
a ton of like concession area stuff. Like it felt, and it felt kind of empty. Right. They it, had space mm-hmm. for like, you know, a bunch of those Itasha cars. Yeah. And, you yeah. know, yeah. of which the greatest and one of course, was the Fallout Dots, the one. ice cream of the future. There was room That's for that right. as well. I did hear one person lying while walking around the dealer's room saying, I want to get some Dippin' Dots. <laughs> <laughs> no one has ever said that phrase truthfully. You <laughs> said it, I think. <laughs> Like, yeah, I think you overheard me. <laughs> yeah. It's like, how more? You want some? Yeah, I feel like Dippin' Dots are just like a joke. Yeah, yeah. Like, yeah. Exactly. <laughs> it's like, oh, ice cream. Oh. I was right. in I was but How, how can we make ice cream one. so shitty that you don't want ice cream? It's like a test of human See, nature. I was under the impression, having never had them, just walking past them at the Molly time. Wow, they must be great because. The, the main thing I knew about them was that Sean Spicer said, like, Dippin' Dots, Ice Cream of the Future, I think not. Like, in, his, <laughs> in his Twitter, like, before he became, yeah, yeah. like, you know. Wow, I actually like that. Yeah. About Sean and so Spicer. then I was like, Dippin' Dots must be good at <laughs> Okay, so. Uh, okay, uh, apparently I, at feedback, they were asked about um, oh, autographs. Uh, autographs, and they said that they're looking at moving them to the Marriott and giving their whole that's like, that what whole I suggested floor oh. yeah. well, that makes which sense. is what they should do and I think so that's for the people who aren't at the cons the Marriott is like the adjoined uh, hotel it's like a main which con by hotel. the way there was a, a walkway to it and because of the weapons check issues and the need for increased security they cut off that entrance yeah. and so imagine spending the ridiculous money to get your room in the Marriott and then you can't even get into the convention. Yeah. Oh, Sorry, are you talking to us? We're in the Marriott <laughs> yeah, right now, for yeah. the record. And I'm looking dead into heaven's eyes have, as I say The this. Marriott entrance had its own problems on Saturday. It was a busy day where the bag check and the, if you did not have a bag check entry, the they only have one yeah, bag yeah. checker uh, as Saturday afternoon. And they weren't funneling the people and they were not, who didn't have they bags They were not splitting the, the people yeah, between non-bags like and bags. Take the stairs this way or, you know, wait. Seems like a recurring way. problem of not splitting lines. Yeah. Yeah, <laughs> yeah I mean... It, line control is always their problem. The entry the entry went through the tunnel all the way up to this lobby over here, which was... That's insane. Uh, that, no. that should never happen. Uh, <laughs> but it did, and I was like, I thank God I'm going sightseeing. <laughs> All right, I'm, I want to I want to wrap up here with my final thoughts, which is that there are at least two burger places within easy walking distance <laughs> of the convention center. So I'm very happy with Washington D.C. <laughs> uh, but I, who I'm unhappy with are the people who showed up. I guess because they're first time attendees, but they read that description and they showed up without burgers to Anime Burger Time. So only like a handful of people had burgers. So I'm saying to you, if any of you are listening, Disgusting. next time, do better. You need to bring a burger. <laughs> Put in the water. Smuggle in the step burger. Up its game. The bag checkers do not care that you have food in your bag, even if those convention center rules may say no outside food or drink. You don't actually right. look at anything. Oh, I they brought so really much food in, and they looked. They literally, I had like a lady go through my bag and be like, "Oh, muffin looks good," and like zip it back up. <laughs> <laughs> I, I walked marks. in through the bag check this morning carrying this big ass Yeti microphone in like the, in the box in my backpack, and I had too much shit in my hand, so I was trying to like maneuver it all. So I f- throw the backpack over. The guy just picks it up, lets it down, and says, "All right, go ahead." I'm like I'm, I'm walking around with a very heavy box. I've had it's, to open it's this for the TSA theater. before. It's security <laughs> theater. Yeah, yeah, I know. Yeah, it's yeah, it's obviously. painful. Uh, okay, so. I guess so, final final thoughts. Did we like Otakon? Yeah, I, liked, yeah. I, I liked Otakon very much. I enjoy. It's a good time. Yep. Yeah, it feels smaller than it definitely than previous years, possibly than last year. Uh, it definitely felt kind of like more spread out. But like Saturdays felt busier. Hmm. But I wonder if that's just because there were a bunch of issues all over the place. Yeah, that just made it feel crowded everywhere. It's but possible. I I do feel like uh, even though we had some issues that you know with some of the panels, like there still are. Even just from, like, going through the schedule, this is the only con where, like, at every hour, there are at least, like, two to four panels that I'm like, well, I might want to go to that. Like, yeah, you know, definitely. At a con, yeah, I so mentioned I was, before, at, I like, Fanime, that's not how it works. It's like I'm, I'm grasping to find something I want right. to attend. Yeah, so it's like I'd always feel bad where it's like I, if I had to spend, like, a few hours in the room because I need to pass out or something like right. that. It's mm-hmm. like I'm missing something by doing You're missing this. four things at once. <laughs> like, <laughs> sometimes, yeah. Yeah. But, you know, it's it's good to be busy. I mean, the downside is you don't always get to see as many people as you want. 
Yeah. We're doing yeah. this recording in part because I haven't seen most of you guys <laughs> the entire weekend. Right. Or at best, it's like walking one way in one direction. You see someone and like you wave, you wave, you say yeah. hi, and that's it. Yep. Um, but you know, I'll definitely be back next year. Yeah. Exactly. <laughs> mm-hmm. Yeah. So yeah, I I look forward to it. Maybe I can get more of my panels in. Maybe I can yeah. do anime and non anime again. <laughs> yeah, that's a really good panel. They should accept that. <laughs> yeah, maybe they just like you know people are like saying like maybe you need like a snazzier title like I anime and non anime or how I learned. Yeah. <laughs> Colon. Yeah. A lot of colons on the schedule this year, but we won't get into that. Not buzz. Just yeah, the, yeah. The uh, one panel did have two colons in it. Like they forgot that they put the first one in, and then they put the second one. Uh, and they think that, that we don't notice when it's a comma instead of a colon. Yeah, it's the same shit. <laughs> all right, so let's let's go around and tell everybody where they can find you all on the internet or elsewhere. Uh, AnimeWorldOrder.com and OtakuUSA.com. I was gonna it's a plug- USA magazine.com. Yeah, you got, you got the URL wrong, freelancer. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> the joke is we're all freelancers. Yeah, There's no actual right. staff on that magazine. It's um, just like wrestling. Wait, Clarissa? Yeah. Oh, same. I mean, Twitter accounts? I was going no, to plug my intensely entertaining social media account that is mostly only followed by bots. Uh, <laughs> it is uh, at D A R Y L S U R A T. And, um, well, how'd you come up with that username? It's my name. I, I, I have no concern over my personal online safety, and so I use my real name as a social media handle. And yet, I am denied my blue check mark. <laughs> oh, man. They give it to, you know, corporate mascots, man. But not me, not you. Uh, I, I guess on Twitter, at Pat's Prime, P-A-T-Z-P-R-I-M-E, uh, and then thecockpit.net. And I'm Tom Aznable on Twitter, T-O-M-A-Z-N-A-B-L-E. Uh, I write a weekly column for Gunpla 101 where I watch episodes of Gundam Build Divers and point out all of the weird, r- ridiculous references. It's the only reason I'm watching that show. Um, and uh, sometimes I write for Zimmert.moa, and I'm also on the cockpit. I like how you spell out, you know, Tom Asnable, but Zimmerit goes, you know. (laughs) Yeah, Yeah, fair enough. You can Google it. (laughs) Just do a colony drop. (laughs) And should redirect at this point. Neo-colony (laughs) drop. And uh, I'm on Twitter, uh, at ModernRocker, M-O-D-A-N-D-R-O-C-K-E-R. And I am on Twitter, as always, at sign Vamptvo, V-A-M-P-T-V-O. And How long has it been since you gave the etymology of that uh, nickname on Anti-Gamers? Oh, I f- might have described it like a year ago. Because we have like new listeners since we rebooted it. Uh, but I'm not doing it again if that's what you're asking. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> uh, so You'll have to read the back issues. That's right. <laughs> that's something for the old heads. Yeah. Uh, I am, uh, I am obviously podcasting on this podcast, but I'm, I don't have my notes in front of me in terms of the other things I always say. So... Uh, you can find show notes on podcast podcast.com slash anti-gamers I was about to say <laughs> anti-gamers.com slash podcast that has uh, show notes and comments and things like that uh, find us on iTunes Stitcher and Google Music leave us reviews and uh, email us at podcast at anti-gamers.com and follow anti-gamers at sign anti-gamers one word uh, this is uh, probably going to be a bonus episode simply because I don't want to number it <laughs> Because that would make it episode number 100. I and we're saving something I special it is. for episode 100. Wait, this isn't special enough for you? Not special this? enough. Well, 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 if you're listening, you know what episode number this really is. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> your, your feed aggregator will tell you the score. You man. just don't want to put Tenchi Muyo incest <laughs> in episode 100, that's all. Uh, Any Gamers Podcast episode number 100. No need, for, <laughs> no need for dip and dots. <laughs> <laughs> Alright, thanks guys. <laughs>